Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. We call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. And of course, we talk about all sorts of wonderful topics and the like here on On Course. Hanging out with us, of course, it's Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How you doing? I am good. Okay, so I want to throw something your way because, you know, social media, which is really your domain, is a place where we see a lot of things. And I, I see a lot. I see, you know, folks certainly in the world of Christendom seem to always be upset about something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way of the world, uh, whether it is... Uh, a pastor raising an offering, a pastor posing in pictures with his wife, you know, a pastor perhaps doing things they shouldn't, mad at all kinds of things. So I want to dig into what are things, first of all, that pastors feel but can't express because I know there's an insane amount of discipline and self-control needed to be a pastor in these social media streets. What what are some of the things that you as a pastor see that you really don't get to talk about much, but maybe now? Well, I mean, that's a good one. That's a, that's a deep one. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me say this about uh, pastoral ministry. The, the, the unique thing about being a pastor is we're the only ministry gift that really has to live with the people we minister to. Right. So an apostle could come in you know, apostles govern. Yeah. But in most situations, an apostle, though he may have a local congregation, will be a father to different ministry gifts. So he he will he he'll govern. Okay. Then you have the the prophets who guide. They can guide from anywhere. They don't have to be in the local congregation to guide. Or mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they are connect. They are connected to a congregation that they call home, but they don't, you know, they don't have to be there. Um, uh, Evangelists go out and they gather people, they bring them into the house, um, but they don't have to, they could bring them and drop them off. Yeah. But, uh, and then a teacher, his job is to ground the people, but you can go from different places and be, you can go to different places rather, be itinerant and um, just show up and teach them and leave. But a pastor has to be there. He has to baptize them. He has to marry them. He has to minister to them. And at the end of their lives, he buries them. He has to live with them. So there's certain things that that we have to have a different skill set, a different kind of constitution um, to, to, to be able to do what we do. Wow. That being said, um, one of the things that a pastor has to be able to do is to see and not say. Mm. You can't say everything you see or feel. Yeah. Now, now that's not that's not always easy to do. But as it relates to social media, for example, I mean, I see a, I see a lot of things, and I I went through a period maybe about for about maybe I say six months, especially when when Donald Trump was first elected, and just the 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 the, uh, the vitriolic vitriolic. Uh, 
expressions and the hate and just I I couldn't be silent. But after a while, I realized that being consumed by that was actually affecting me as wow. a leader, as a person, as a pastor. So I had to I had to back off of it. Yeah. So so the first thing I would say for pastors is that a pastor has to know what he can be engaged in or what he can address and what he's not called to address. Mm. You can't you can't address things that will affect your, your ministry or your call or even the emphasis that God has called you to. There's some things you have to leave them for other people to address. Wow. You know? Um uh, and I I, I pray I'm, I'm I'm approaching the question properly. Yeah. Um I, I see a lot of things and then there's something so we can't we can't address everything and then we can't express everything. Right. Um uh, we pastors are, are you know people say well uh, pastor what do you think about church hurt I believe it a church hurt for this simple reason I mean pastors are the most hurt people in church I'm sure C- can you can you imagine can you imagine this imagine that a person comes to you their life is falling apart or they're struggling with something and you through your through the gifting of God in you through prayer through ministry through spending time with them you make them whole mm-hmm whole enough to stand, whole enough to, to be of benefit to the kingdom and to society. And the first thing they do when they're able to hear God or when they think they're able to hear God is tell you, God told me to leave you. Right. And if that happens enough times to a pastor and he's not mature enough and, and, he, and he, he, can't, he does not deal with, with, with rejection properly or even uh, the sense of abandonment that we always feel, then pastors will find themselves um, very, very vindictive. Wow. Uh, sometimes they find themselves um, um, elusive mm-hmm. or, or um, where where are uh, in reclusive, right? To the point where where we try to isolate. Uh, it looks like isolation, but really we try to insulate ourselves mm-hmm. from the pain that comes to us. And so, as a pastor, uh, I use those same my same outlook when I deal with social media. I, I, I the people that I interact with on social media for the most part, um, they don't get heart Ramsey the person. As much as they get Pastor Ramsey, right? Because Pastor Ramsey knows how to interact with people, and Hart Ramsey doesn't always know how to <laughs> how to put a governor on things, you know. Because I'm from the hood, and I'm, I'm and it's real. I'm not just saying that, you know. Um, I, where I came from, you know, you you have to fight or die. So, uh, I got I, I, I um I allow the Lord to develop me in that area, but I'm still a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, I I ask that question because I do think, you know, pastors can be some of the most misunderstood people on the planet. And I don't think, you know, that people even take into consideration what you just mentioned, the fact that, you know, uh, certainly in a even in a what some might deem a small congregation of maybe 20 to 50, that's 20 to 50 people who are still looking primarily to one person to be able to, you know, deliver uh, God's word, provide advice, help provide leadership and guidance. And, and you know, as a person who becomes compassionate, you then take on people's issues. You feel vested in it. You yeah. feel, you know, you want to know the outcome, that type of thing. And so, yeah, yeah I, I get it. I mean, the idea of potentially 50 rejections is, and that's in a smaller Right, and, and, and Gerard, Gerard, you know what's interesting too? We don't mind people looking to us. Right. The, the problem comes in when they start looking at us. Oh, wow. Because it, it feels like, a matter of fact, and, and this conversation, it, I think it's, it's good for pastors, especially in the members who sit under them or sit under us, because the fishbowl, the aquarium that we live in, 
where it seems like you can't do anything. I saw the other day where a pastor posted, you mentioned in, in the intro of this, where a pastor posted a picture of him and his wife. It was, to, it was a picture of them, and everybody has something to say about it. That he, That's his wife. That wasn't some side chick. Right. That's his wife. Right. And they say, well, that's, a, that's an inappropriate picture. I mean, you know, th- that's my thing. I mean, everybody have their taste. Right. But the, the, the people who are making those comments weren't looking to them. I promise you their congregation did not say the things that we were reading. Sure. It's the people who look at you. Right. And what they and most of the time when they look at you, they're not looking at you to find something good. They're looking at they're staring to find something wrong. Wow. And and, and there's a there's a spiritual um um connection to this. I mean, most of the, the, the devil hates God. Yeah. And he can't get to God. He can't mess with God. So he said he will use people to mess with God's people. Wow. You know, um uh the hardest part of I think one of the hardest things I could give you I may say this, repeat this very statement, the hardest part, but one of the hardest things of, of what we do is, is is the notion that no matter what I say or do, I will never please everyone. Wow. So if you're in pastoral ministry and you aim to please, I aims to please. Well, if you aims to please, you're in trouble. You, you right. better be, go into this with, with your heart set on pleasing God and Him alone. Right. You know, uh, for example... This is a funny thing, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real transparent about some stuff if I can. Can yeah. I do this? Of course. Okay, good. Here we go. So when I was married to my ex-wife, mm-hmm. people, 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 I got so many complaints, so many complaints about how she talked to people. Now, but here's the crazy part, Gerard, is so after we divorced, people hated me for divorcing. Now here's the crazy thing. Wow. This is the question I asked them: Don't you think that the thing that you were seeing is something I had to live with? Wow. But wow. because I was a pastor, it was, you see what I'm saying? And, and, and now this is the first time, this is a, 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 a exclusive. I've never talked about this. Yeah. And the reason I want to talk about it now is because what people don't understand is, is that there's a humanity connected to this divinity. I mean, you get to see yeah. me in all of God's glory when, when the, the Spirit of God comes upon me and my gift is activated. But man, we're real people. Yes. Man, pastors are real people. And one of the worst things, in Ephesians 4, the Bible says that we are gifts to the body. And and if you keep destroying God's gift, he's a gift to you. Wow. And and, and I'll say on the flip side of that, that we have a fiduciary responsibility. The word fiduciary speaks to trust. We have yes. a responsibility to live in a way where we don't damage people's trust, number mm. one. And number two, we don't shame the name of the Lord. Yeah, that's man. That's a tall order. It is. You know, um, I mean, God said to David, man, through Nathan, he said, the thing that you've done, of course, have given um the Lord's enemies a space to mock him. And sometimes wow. people will mock the Lord. People who hate God will mock the Lord for calling us. How do they do that? By mocking when they mock us. I thought you were a man of God, but they're mocking God. And so we have to we have to know that what we have is a sacred trust. We have to really, really be on top of our game. We have to spend time in the presence of the Lord. And here's the thing: we cannot pretend to be more than we are, because when yeah. you're tested, when the when your metal is being melted and tested, it's gonna come out who you really are. Mm-hmm. So you wow. listen. Don't let your people find out from from someone that you have issues. You don't have to. You don't have to be totally transparent. But you better be translucent. You better let them see through a little bit through the window as to where you yeah. really are. Because they look. If they're looking at you, they can find what what's there. Yeah. 
I hope I'm going yeah. the direction you wanted to go because <laughs> No, this is this is exactly where I wanted to go because I think again, you know, and first of all, we only seem to talk about people only want to really understand the pastor after something tragic has happened, you know? Yeah. When a when a when we hear of a pastor committing suicide, then everyone wants to suddenly, you know, have compassion towards pastors. Yeah. But I think it's important to understand it in these phases now because yeah. again there's so much that we as parishioners never see on the pastoral side of things and so you know it's almost like i i chuckle when i look at uh i remember a time you know i would go to the post office daily because my mom got packages in the mail daily to the point where the postman knew our names. You know, mm. he knew when we were coming in, he he automatically knew what to look for, et cetera. And he laughed at the days when we would come and there were no packages for us. But it was <laughs> always weird to see the postman in the supermarket. Wow. It was weird to me. I was like, you're the postman and you don't have on your your uniform like you have on regular people's clothes. Like, what is that? Because in my mind, the only times I ever saw him was doing his job and in uniform. So the understanding that, hey, this guy gets hungry, this guy, you know, gets thirsty, he needs food, he has a family, all that leaves my mind because the only view or lens I see him through is his position. And I think right. that happens a lot for parishioners where the only way they see pastors is delivering the sermon on Sunday or in whatever ministry capacity. And they rarely get to understand, hey, this man is a man. He's a human being. He has all the same needs that the rest of us have, you right. know. So so here's my question, Be because every pastor male or female has the same needs as their parishioners and probably even greater what would you suggest to a pastor as to how it is best and and we'll talk right now socially to socially get those needs filled hmm you know i think i'll say this every pastor needs a circle of friends mm -hmm. When I say friends, I'm not talking about people, uh, hey, doc, you know, not conference friends. Right, right. Not fan friends. Right. Friends. People you can go to and talk to who know you beyond the, the robe, who see who see you beyond the lights of the of the platform, yeah. who who um who can who can check you when you start talking Bible. Mm. Well, you know, um every most I know a lot of pastors who answer questions like, Well, you know the Bible says no, what do you say? Right. And I think the first thing is that he needs friends. The second thing is is that um I say to pastors what I say to people. Um don't live for likes. Oh, that's good. Don't live for likes. I mean I mean it's it's the hardest thing. We we we, we are the kind of God wired us where I, I we are we are um guardians. Mm -hmm. That's 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 a if you can describe a pastor in one word, we are guardians. We are spiritual parents. Wow. And so um, whether a person calls me dad or not, or I say it like this, whether they honor me or not um, is a big issue because of my parental mindset. And so I think one of the things that we have to do is, and listen to this carefully, you, we cannot become honor junkies. 
Ooh, that's... Now, the Bible says that when Jesus went back to his hometown, he could there do no mighty works because of their unbelief. In other words, they didn't honor his gift. And because, and how I know they didn't honor his gift is because his response to their unbelief was a prophet is not without honor save in his own, in his own uh, town or country or his own house. Right. And so he's speaking of, he said that what was happening to him, their unbelief was an honor issue, a lack of honor issue. And so um, pastors... Uh, like Jesus, we need honor for our gifts to work, and we need to we need to compartmentalize that. I don't need honor to live. I need honor for my gift to work. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled "True Story," featuring the lead single "It Is So." Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Wow. In other words, if they don't honor me, my gift is less of... People say, well, you know, um, they'll go to a, a church where they have no connection to a pastor or they watch a pastor on social media and and he's going in and he's delivering this great word. And what they don't know is, is that he's doing that because his people he's ministering to honors him there. Right. They get the overflow from social media. They get the overflow from watching him on, on YouTube online because he's been honored where he's speaking. You don't honor your man of God, so he can't deliver on that. Even if, even though you say, well, that, that pastor I was watching has a better gift. But if you honored your man of God, it will bring out a, di- a different dimension of his gift. Because the Bible says about Jesus, he could there do no mighty works, save that he healed a few sick folk. In other words, right. he'd get a little bit done. But he can't get all done. He can't use the full impact or the full weight of his gift because there's no honor there to support it. Honor does something to the gift. And so what happens, I, I, I would, and I'm going to say this, and this is, a, this is a real thing, man. This is for pastors. If you feel that you're in a situation where the enemy always has access to you because you are in a perpetual state of dishonor, you need to pray about leaving. Mm. You know, people leaving the church, you may need to leave. Wow. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. There, there, there is a time when you have to shake the dust from your feet and say, these people don't want me. Right. I mean, there's something that you have to, you can't do arbitrarily. You have to do it with much prayer and fasting. But, but the honor piece is a strong piece. But remember, we can't become honor junkies. In other words, we don't, I should not need honor 
to live. I should need honor to minister. Right. And and I need to get a, a working, a, a, a effective definition of honor. Um, I don't need five guys walking me to the pulpit to carry a, one Bible. Mm-hmm. You got it? Um, the people who serve me um, when I go to minister, their service is not really for me. It's for them. Right. They get a chance to serve the Lord, and and I shouldn't need it. I shouldn't I shouldn't feel disrespected if they no longer do it. I shouldn't I'm not, I should not feel disrespected when people don't honor me. All it does is cripple my gift to to them, my ability to minister to them. It doesn't mean I, I'm totally crippled. Do not allow their their dishonor to rob your confidence. No, what what you have to do is you have to be responsible for your own confidence before God. You have to be responsible before God to ask the Lord, um, is, is this it? Am I, is this a season I have to go through or am I done here? Right. And and, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, how, how you will know you're done is when another door opens for you to go somewhere else to, to, to serve in a place where your gift can be honored. Wow. Now, just like I'll say this one last thing and I'll say this and then we could probably uh, feel another question. Just like we would tell people who come to our church, gifted people who come to our church and may, and may have to sit for a moment for whatever reason and season, there are times where we, we may have to go through as pastors a season of dishonor, maybe because of, of some misbehavior or some misunderstanding, and it, it's, it's, it's a form of a trial or testing in our lives. We, may, we have to endure that like everyone else has to endure it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But, yeah. but um, with that being said, um, I believe as a pastor... Um, we have to understand where honor fits into our uh, our DNA, into our makeup, into our ministry. Honor is only for the gift to be utilized. Um, I, I would not suggest that you give access to anyone that dishonors you. Do not let them serve with you. If they dishonor you and they're being overt with it, as a matter of fact, I'll say it like this. If they dishonor you, period, do not tolerate it. Dishonor is a precursor to betrayal. Wow. You check it immediately. If they don't honor you, send them somewhere else where they could honor someone. You don't do it out of, don't do it punitively. Do it for their own sake. Because if you allow, if, if a person continues to dishonor a, a, a ministry gift that's, that's being upright and ministering to them, after a while, God will come in and there'll be a day of reckoning. And you yeah. want to make sure you don't allow that person to be to fall under the, under the judgment of God because you failed to correct them or failed to dispatch them. Oh, this is good. This is so good. Um, and and so as you're you're saying that, you said so many amazing things, and my brain is thinking about something that I don't know that I've actually heard anyone really say anymore, and that is this idea of recognizing for a pastor when it is time to go. Uh, it's interesting. I've heard a lot of pastors over time talk about, you know, they've received offers from this one and offers from that one. But, you know, I'm firmly planted here as certainly a statement of loyalty to where they are. And yeah. it's in most cases, it's received very well. But how does a pastor know when his expiration date at that location is up. And I ask that because particularly a lot in African-American contexts, you know, the the office of a pastor seems to have a lifetime term, you yeah. know, uh, unless you're in certain locations where they vote folks in and vote folks out. But by and large, you know, usually a pastor 
is in for life until they've either done something, you know, that causes their removal or they're, you know, incredibly sick or what have you. But how does a pastor of full mind and body know when it is approaching that time to end their tenure where they are? A simple answer to that, Gerard, is when your present ineffectiveness is having a detrimental effect on your past effectiveness. Oh, wow. When you, if, if you become effective, if you can no longer relate, if the people can no longer hear you, if, if um, in, in some cases, if, if, if what you, if, if let's say you've done something wrong and, and it, 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 be, it continues to outlive or it continues to overshadow the good that you have done since your your recovery, mm-hmm. then you you may consider um, another location, or I'll leave, I'm leaving that where you are. Or again, what I mentioned initially, if if, if right now you're not as effective, you're not as uh, passionate, you're not as invested as you were before, you, it may be you need something new, and maybe the people need something new. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then sometimes it's about age. Sometimes you know it's not the will of God that you live your entire life. Are working. I mean, sometimes you have to live off the fruit of your labor. The problem is yeah. some pastors have no retirement plan or a succession plan for that matter. Right. And right. sometimes it's not the pastor's fault. Sometimes you have, you have, um, you've been pouring into people and uh, people will grab what they did. There are a lot of people that who are not, they don't have a partner mentality. They have a pirate's mentality. They Ooh. come, they jump on the ship, they grab what they want, then they jump on, on the, uh, back on their ship and they head off to the high seas. Wow. And so the pastor have no has no one to turn it over to. He so he feels stuck in in, in a situation where he he's not going to leave the sheep untended. So he feels an obligation to be there. And I wow. think sometimes um, uh, intercessors need to be praying about that and saying, "Man, Lord, um, our man of God looks tired. Someone needs to be able to discern when he's tired or when he's under attack and needs uh, um, to replenish." Uh, uh, and you mentioned a, a pastoral suicide. I'm going to tell you one of the big issues. Um, with a pa- with pastoral suicide, where pastor becomes so overwhelmed yeah. with the work of the ministry mm-hmm. that he forgets that he too is sheep. Wow, he is a sheep, and he forgets to fill himself and to feed himself. And all he remembers is the command of the Lord: "If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lamb." Uh, he remembers that, but he doesn't remember th- that the Lord loves him too. And when, yeah. by the time you put, or take a gun to yourself or whatever you do to harm yourself, you've forgotten that, man, yeah. listen, you belong to the Lord and the Lord loves you. And what you're about to do is detrimental because we could give opinions about suicide, but we don't know for sure. Right. Okay. And so I'll say, I'll say this for pastors, um, the pastors who are considering leaving, man, listen, get you a few people that you know, uh, never leave an assignment without good counsel, mm-hmm. um, without without deep and prolonged prayer, spending, I, I would take time away from the situation to have someone preach for you for a couple of weeks and just sit back and, and, and make the decision on a clear mind. Never leave on a bad day. Never leave when you're exhausted. Never mm-hmm. leave when, when you're defeated or discouraged. Replenish first. Come back yeah. and, and revisit it with clear eyes, um, a, a rested body and a pure heart. And, and um, with no offense, make sure you're free of offense and then see what the Lord is saying. And if God, if you still feel that it's time for you to leave 
um, although everything is looking up, that, that um, people start to join again and, and things are looking up, if you feel, then you're supposed to go. Wow. But don't be a runner. Don't just run because things aren't good. Yeah. Um, that's, not, that's no better than the people who church hop. Mm, true. True. So, Let me ask you this. this, this oh, I, I'm loving this conversation. Um, <laughs> so the president of the United States has a term of four years and a max term of two terms being eight years. And many look at that particular job as one of the most stressful in the world. Certainly uh, no president leaves looking younger than when they stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> no, not one. Um, no, no. <laughs> here's a question. Should there, and I, and I know that some organizations have received flack for, you know, this whole idea of, you know, hiring and firing and et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to terms. But should there be a term for a pastor? Yeah, well, you know, in the Bible, when the when the um a, a priest could not serve longer than twenty years, oh, he wow. started. He could not start before he turned thirty, and he could not serve longer than fifty. Wow! Unless, of course, what we see in the Bible, he was a high priest. Okay. And I'm not even sure that I should have said that because I haven't really um dug into the high priest in particular. But it was a twenty year term. But you have to understand now. Um, in both the case of the president and the and the priest, there was a retirement plan in place before he even started. Mm. Most pastors who exceed their, their, um, their effectiveness uh, do it because they have no way to uh, to come out of it and have and even have a if forget the lifestyle he have an income. Right. Most churches don't have a, a retirement plan for their pastor. Right. And so I think that we have to begin there by by um uh, and pa most pastors. Or I say many pastors, not most. Many pastors will come into a pastorate and not even consider, um, not uh, uh, not taking all of their pay as cash. In other words, there has to be a compensation package where where um, there's a there's a cash part of it, but it's also a four one k part of it, and there's maybe a um a future um um dwelling as a part of the package or, or, or as a part of retirement, I think that should be built into every pastoral compensation package. Yeah. Uh, um, um, a lot of pastors want, you know, they want the bling and stuff, man. I'm not, listen, I've, I've been, the, I've been the guy that was wearing, I've told this before, wearing the tailor-made suits and the gator mm -hmm. shoes, man, I'm done with that, man. Give me a pair of, a nice, give me some nice jeans, some blazers, right, uh, um, right. some, some good, um, boots or tennis shoes. Yeah. And I don't want to wear nothing that, like, I don't want a gator on my feet, uh, on my foot. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it anymore. Right. I'm to the place now where I want to make investments. Give me stocks and bonds. Give me, <laughs> you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, help me start a business beside that. And so I think, uh, the, the, again, Gerard, a lot of the pastors have no way forward, so they stay and stay until they die in it. And, and, and in most cases, and I say this with great gravity, in most cases, they don't. not only does it kill them, it kills the church. Mm. When a pastor stays too long, the church dies. Wow. And some churches could have been saved if, if there was an infusion of, flesh, of fresh blood. Mm -hmm. A new voice, a new, a new vision. A new, most church, a lot of churches could have been saved. Yeah. Wow. That that's that's an incredible, incredible point. So, how then do we 
uh, make scenarios better for pastors? You know, certainly you talk about retirement plans, which I think are very necessary, potential terms, which I think are necessary. What can be done? And, and it's funny because, you know, there are people who will say, well, how dare you ask a question? What can be done to make the life of a, a pastor better? And that's because people see, quote unquote, what they deem to be perks. But yeah. I honestly don't know that there are enough perks for a pastor who's really pastoring and not just preaching um, for a pastor who's really, you know, working with people and bearing the weight of people. What should be done by the church, whether that is the parishioners or the administrative body, what should be done to make the life of a pastor more bearable? There's a lot. Number one, I think that he needs proper staffing, whether volunteer or pay, volunteer or paying. Um, he needs vacations. Yeah. He needs regular vacations. He needs quarterly vacations. Like once a quarter, your pastor needs to be gone for two Sundays. That's good. He needs to. He needs to. De- he need to decompress. He needs to hear God afresh, and and I think once a month he needs a mini vacation. What mm-hmm. What does that mean? I think once a month. Um, he needs to be off of for a, a um, maybe for a midweek service. Yeah. If you do, if you still have those, I think he so he needs staffing. He needs vacations. I think um, um, he he needs a therapist. <laughs> wow, that's real though. Your pastor needs, and it could be a Christian counselor or another pastor that he that he talks to. He needs to he needs to get some stuff off up off of him. Yeah. He needs to he need, not just in a friendship. He needs to be in a professional, com, a professional and confidential situation where he can share some stuff that he's trying to figure out for himself. I'm not saying t- tell the church's business, right? Right. But if something has detriment, detrimentally impacted him, he needs to be able to share that, and he needs to be, he needs to continually be whole. Um, of course, he needs an. Now, this is to me should have been number one. He needs a committed intercessory prayer team that prays for nothing and no one but him. Wow. And everyone on that prayer team has to love him. Yeah, you can't have a single Judas on that prayer team. Mm-mm-mm. You need to. This prayer team needs to be so confidential and so committed that he can call them and tell, "I'm in trouble. Yeah. I need you to pray." Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think. As, and here's the thing. And now people who are listening to say the pastor needs more. No, listen. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Um, there are pastors who misbehave and there are pastors who who are misappropriate. But man, I say eighty percent of the pastors in the United States. I'm not saying they're perfect, but man, their heart is perfect towards God is in wanting to do their people right. Right. And and no, we don't know everything. There are a lot of pastors, man. What they lack is education. What they lack were good examples. What they lack sometimes. There are a lot of pastors who came. I'm. You'll be surprised at how many pastors have horrible marriages. Right. No, I don't know that I'm surprised by that. No, no, they they have horrible marriages, but yeah. they have to be yeah. they're pretending like everything is okay because their folk want them to be. They want to say, well, you know, I passed this and I first lady, and they didn't understand the the gravity and the and and sometimes the warfare that happens behind the scenes. Sure. But here's the thing, you say, well, I always knew something was wrong, but wait a minute, let's talk about that hypocritical statement you just made because you be, why are you there? That means you you ha- you're getting some benefit. Right. People don't stay in a place where they won't get benefit. So it can't be that your pastor's always jacked up because you joined the church. Right. You didn't join at gunpoint or right. under duress. Right. So there was a benefit there. But when the enemy starts attacking the leader because he's a benefit to the people, the benefit you're receiving, then all of a sudden he's not a good person. Stop using and discarding. Yeah. That's a bad look for everybody. Why are we throwing people away? 
And you said something of a truth, man. A president, I mean, you compare the president's picture when he goes in for the first year, and when he when he come out in the fourth year, man. That 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 you talking about stress? Yeah. Pastors the same way. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have to grieve. It's hard to grieve people, good people who have died. But it's another thing when you have to grieve people who are living. They left you and you love them and they left you and you weren't ready and you still and, and then you have to get up there and you have to speak well of them, you have to do right and and and, and you still haven't figured out why they left. Right. Wow. And then what about this one? I want to add this to the pot. Where people will do you wrong, go out there and vilify you mm-hmm. and because you're a pastor and you're sworn to confidence, you can't uncover them. Yeah. So you can't tell the true story. And I'm going to tell you something that's crazy. I'm going to say something that's going to sound weird. That system right there that I just mentioned, it trains some pastors to lie. Wow. They feel like in order for them to do right, they can't tell the whole truth. Because, and one thing I like about my bishop, he's deceased now, but what I love about Bishop Holcomb, man, Bishop will cover you. Yeah. When, he, when you did some certain junk, he won't cover nothing. He, wow. he will come. He will tell the people the whole truth and nothing but the truth. People, there were people who hated him because after a while, if you could, if, if you if you insisted on misbehaving, he won't tell the people exactly what you did. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, th- you know this this conversation is so necessary, and it's one that I like to have because again, I think people misunderstand pastors on all levels and you know for whatever reasons they they do and you know it's it's unfortunate even when people leave you know like there's a way to leave that doesn't you know destroy or or dog your pastor or your leader and I just think those things are important because you know a lot of these people who leave at some point and maybe that's partially why they leave is that they have eyes on leadership themselves and um you know, instead of really going about it the right way, they tend to, you know, vilify people and and create scenarios that don't need to be created. Um, and it's unfortunate. So I really hope that you guys who are listening will really take some stock in the people you reference as pastor and the places that you serve. And you'll give thoughts to all of this. And those who are pastors, hopefully you'll find some degree of relief in listening to this podcast and that you'll be able to really go and find resources and find some of the help that you may need to be able to you know whether the season that you're in if you're in a great season or if you're in a season where you're considering perhaps some other alternatives um, hopefully this will serve as a help i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this session so if you would reach out to us by way of social media and let us know what you think uh use the hashtags either heart to heart that's h-a-r-t the number two and then h-e-a-r-t or you can use the hashtag on course and share your thoughts with us on social media certainly we hope that you will share this podcast with a friend uh as well as subscribe to it and rate it and download it and do all those things on itunes and google play and join us the next time as we get on course with heart ramsey <laughs>